0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: The following program is rated R. For ah, you're getting married. It will be an emotional day. Even the cake will be in tears. Like that? I've got more.
2: Okay, Michael. Yeah, just if you could read the script, just try and stick to that for us. Thanks.
1: Oh, okay. The financial advice in this podcast is general in nature. We can't account for your individual circumstances. For advice to suit your own circumstances, see the professionals. Hey, did you hear about the two mobile phones that got married? The reception was terrific. It had four bars. Ah! (laughs)
0: You know that moment in the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when Willy Wonka opens the door and the world is made of chocolate? I'm at a wedding expo. And it's just like that, only I feel like the girl that got the golden ticket. It's in a grand old building with soaring ceilings and archways and even grander visions of your big day. Beaded gowns, sky-high cakes... Walls of flowers, beaming vendors selling you promises of getting married in a forest, in a castle, in a romantic, traditional, boho-chic, contemporary and glamorous, outdoorsy, rustic, vintage, classic wedding. The possibilities are endless. It's the one day of your life. It's magic. It's spellbinding. It's expensive. I had a budget, now it's blown out because everything costs ridiculously a lot. You've got to add it all up, like the flowers. The most someone spent on our flowers was $14,000. The cars. We saw the Hummer limos and we've actually booked them. The cake. The most
2: expensive
3: cake we have made cost up to $13,000.
0: Teeth whitening. Photos are gonna be kept for a lifetime and you want to look beautiful.
2: The video, the photographer.
0: Our photography is actually six thousand six hundred now.
3: The gowns, the suits. Like fifteen thousand dollars I've seen some. The hair, the makeup. We're doing consultations for hair extensions for brides, so they can be anywhere from one thousand to five thousand. Shoes, everything. Could be around
0: a thousand dollars. Yeah, you add it all up and you're up for about at least a hundred thousand. Pass the tissues. Weddings are a time for tears of happiness, of joy, of how one event could cost almost as much as a house deposit. Seriously, though, whether you're a guest, a family member, part of the wedding party or the couple getting hitched, the big day can be a massive financial investment. So how can you cut costs without feeling cheap? Good question, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Alicia McCormack has helped thousands of couples plan their weddings through her podcast, Bride Chiller. Depending on who you ask, the average Australian wedding is currently costing us anywhere between thirty dollars and $60,000. Alicia says,
1: chill out, everyone.
0: How much should a wedding cost? How much should a house cost?
2: Okay. So I feel like this idea of a wedding should be 25000 40000 This is my wedding Illuminati point here. I actually think the industry does spread a lot of misinformation for their own benefit, such as wedding magazines. They like to say, you should spend $50,000 because they've got a lot of different advertisers saying, buy our $10,000 dress, buy our $20,000 dress. So it makes people feel like, okay, that's cool. That's normal that we're spending forty grand on a wedding when, in fact, you should spend whatever you want whatever you have the means to spend when it comes to weddings. I do think it's just a really great figure for the wedding industry to throw out there and make everyone feel comfortable with going completely insane. And also, if you've got 50 grand to spend on your wedding and you can afford it, fantastic. But the everyday person, a couple, I think would think that's pretty nuts. What's one of the leanest budgets you've You've, heard of? I've had people who've done sort of $500, (gasps) $1,000 weddings. But really, when you think about it, The whole thing about weddings is the only thing you really need is another person, someone to marry you, and a witness. That is a wedding. That is what you really can do. So you can cut it all back to that and think of all the extra stuff we buy and we put all this pressure to consume. And I'm not anti-consumer. I love buying things. But I think we feel we're getting to this sort of pattern of going, I have to have that because it's in the magazine or it's on Pinterest or it's on Instagram, when in fact you don't need all that stuff to get hitched at all. You just really need someone to love you, and someone to make it legal if they so you wish.
0: So you're saying that the um, you know, like people are pushing the forty thousand, fifty thousand dollar myth? Mm. Is it a myth? Or as a result, is everyone spending that kind of giant chunk? Well this is the thing. I feel like sometimes
2: people feel that that is what everyone else spends. So when they rack up all the money and they rack up all the, the budget sort of starts becoming huge, then it's like oh, it's okay everyone else is spending that much money. So what's the first thing you don't need then? Favours. The stuff that you put on the table, the little gifts, the bonbonieri, as we might say in Australia. Why
0: people feel ripped off if they don't get a bonbonieri. I don't. When I, Okay, one of the best
2: things, I, lots of photographers who hang around to the, the end are in my Facebook community and they said the one thing they see constantly left behind are all the little crappy gifts that people give everyone, whether it's almonds or it's a CD, it's a mixtape. No-one wants your stuff. It's tat and we just chuck it out anyway or eat it drunk in the back of a cab. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. There's one thing in particular that you have a particular vendetta against. Mm. Chair covers. Mm-hmm. My um theme is f-
2: chair covers. And really, chair covers are the representative of so many different aspects of weddings that I actually think are unnecessary. Think about a chair cover, it's a big latex condom that you put over a chair to say, this is a chair but we don't want you to see the real chair because <laughs> it's naked. <laughs> No one's going to remember if your chairs are covered or not. And actually, I think the lycray thing that they put over the outside with the bow—it's pretty vommy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I don't enjoy the feeling of those chair covers against the vinyl you're underneath. Sort of yeah, you're them. all slippy, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, a the, raw chair is fine. Real chair is fine. You yeah. sit on them all the time. And if you think
2: like most chair covers cost five bucks each, add that up to how many—it's crazy. So, so it when you're off. saying
0: people should just buy their own chair covers? You could, well don't have a chair cover. Just don't use have a chair. A chair. Cover. Who cares? It's a chair.
2: (laughs) Sit your bum on it. Have a drink. Move on with your life.
0: Okay. All right. So, look, let's talk about the fact that a photographer, you mentioned photographers, Mm. a photographer, a makeup artist, a venue will Mm. charge more for a wedding Like, are we meant to go and pretend it's not a wedding? Like, say it's a Halloween party? I actually don't. I think this is a bit of a myth. I work with a lot of vendors with my
2: show and I talk with them. And I think a lot of the times, okay, a three-tiered cake is not something you're going to buy in real life. It's Mm -hmm. not something we use every day. And wedding photography is a real skill and an art. And I think it's one of those investment purchases that I would encourage people to hire a real photographer to do their wedding photography because that's what you're going to look at over the next 20 to 50 years. Who knows? So I think that you have to be mindful of what your expenses are and making sure you realise what you find fair and what you think is a a value to invest your money in. But of course, if you're going to go to one of the ritziest venues in town, they're going to charge you premium dollars. So I think it's just a matter of figuring out what you want to spend versus, you know, what is realistic and then shop around. But I don't think the wedding industry ultimately are out to get us. And by not saying it's a wedding and then turning up with a wedding can actually be a breach of contract as well. So you've got to be really careful.
0: Okay, right. Thanks for that tip. (laughs) (laughs) So have you had anyone come back and say they regretted not spending more? Well, yes and no. I
2: think sometimes people have come back and said, I regretted getting my auntie to take the photos, or I regretted hiring what they call, we call now frienders, which are vendors that are friends, and not necessarily, you know, getting the right people to do the right jobs and then things falling apart. One of the biggest regrets from our wedding, and I don't regret anything really, but is not hiring a coordinator or a planner to actually manage some of the stuff. So I regret not spending more money on that because I spent the day. I loved our wedding date, but I spent a lot of time thinking about logistics when I should have just paid a thousand bucks or $500 and just passed the job off to someone whose job it is to do that.
0: Yeah, right. So like you're saying, screw the chair covers, go for a low-cost venue, don't worry about the fanciest dress, throw money at someone to take stress away. That's what you're saying. Because my time is worth money.
2: It's valuable. And I think all of the stuff I did in the lead up to the wedding, and I hear this over and over again, people are like, I'm not going to hire someone. I'm going to do it myself. And that's fantastic. But also now planners and coordinators aren't Frank from uh, Father of the Bride. They're not these sort of crazy uh, – well, they can be, I'm sure – but a lot of the people that I meet aren't high-end sort of, you know, crazy money sort of uh, vendors. They are people that genuinely care about getting things done for you and also by hiring a coordinator or a planner, you've got this, like, black book of all their contacts and they can really help you save money as well by using people that they know that are really good at what they do and can also um, tell you exactly what things the market market rate is, the going rate for certain vendors. What have some of your savviest couples done to save money? I think a lot of the time it's about thinking outside the box when it comes to all-inclusive venues, trying to find alternative venues where you can self-cater, bringing your own booze is a really good idea. I think straight away, the quickest way to burn money is as soon as you get engaged, you go and start booking things without a plan and without a budget. People lose their minds, they get engaged and they get panicked and they feel like they have to start committing to things and I think that's also the sort of wedding industry complex of people going, spend money now, now, now. And you go, hey, hey, chill out, just chill. Just make some plans, get a budget together, then start putting deposits down and spending money. Sweet.
0: Okay, so Alicia says to chill... Make some plans, have a budget, know what your priorities are. I reckon that goes for being a guest too. You don't need a new dress for every wedding you go to. What if you didn't listen to all the hype? What if you did it the way you honestly wanted to? What if your surname was McBride and you were getting married? Can you imagine the pressure? Hi, I'm Stacey McBride-Wilson. McBride by name. McNumbride by nature. When Stacey and her fiancé were planning their wedding,
3: they decided they wouldn't play by the rules. Definitely. I love being um, a little bit different and doing the unexpected. So it was definitely going to be a different day to the norm. We just really wanted a day that reflected us and who we are. And so for us, we have a really wide network of friends and people and family, and we wanted to make sure that they could all share in that. And I really have, um, I guess it's pained me to watch other people, you know, when they do their wedding to sort of think, oh, if I invite that person, it's going to cost so much. And they're thinking about people and, and cost as opposed to just having people there to share the day. Um, And so we just wanted to have as many people there as possible. And we were able to just, you know, really celebrate with them, have them celebrate our relationship, our marriage and, and our lives. And that was the most important thing to us, to have people there and have everyone there and that no one missed out on that. They wanted 170 people. They wanted no one to miss out because of the
0: cost. So they decided to base their wedding around the most important meal of the day. No, not cake
3: breakfast. We had a sunrise wedding. So we had our ceremony at 6.30 in the morning and we were having breakfast by I think about 7.30, not long after.
0: 6.30 in the morning. Did you have anyone like turn
3: down the RSVP just based on the fact that that did not fit their schedule? Uh, We had a few people who were not impressed with the time, (laughs) but uh, at the end of the ceremony, they were just saying it was the best way to start their day. And they're so glad that it was that that crazy time. But um, yeah, they really loved it. What did it look like? So the wedding looked like getting up pretty early in the morning to get ready. It was this beautiful, the most stunning morning on the beach and we had a very simple setup, and we just held the ceremony, very simple and short and sweet. A breakfast picnic wedding. They went to the
0: supermarket, bought about 16 of those big boxes of Special K and Fibre Plus, even some Cocoa Pops and enough cartons of milk for everyone. Then they poured the cereal into some big bowls, and put them out on the tables with the milk, fruit juice, some bubbly, and a three-tiered sponge cake with berries on it. And Bob's your uncle. Or should that be Uncle Toby's your uncle? Toby's your uncle?
3: whatever. And then we just invited everyone to grab a picnic rug, grab themselves some cereal or maybe a little muesli yogurt jar and um, come and sit down. And we just had some music playing and everyone just chatted and hung out, went and played in the rock pools. And everyone just sort of hung out there for a couple of hours, enjoyed the good vibes. And uh, from there, then we went home and we had a nap. And um, also my husband and I had some cereal together, first bowl of cereal as husband and wife, because we'd actually missed out on the cereal at the wedding, uh, just doing all the signing of the registry and having photos done. And then my husband, he went for a surf with my dad. I had a nap. We chilled out for the afternoon and then we went out for a very intimate dinner, just um, our immediate family. And that was our day and it was perfect. A beach wedding, free.
0: Then a breakfast reception, cereal is pretty cheap. And She wore a $30 dress.
3: I actually was looking at something a little bit more expensive and then that one I just absolutely fell in love and I thought, you know what, why try and spend more money when I don't need to? And I just grabbed the dress I loved and wore it and it was just perfect for the day. Stacey, did anyone tell you
0: you looked cheap on the day?
3: Definitely not. I (laughs) can't
0: say it behind my back. (laughs) A wedding for 170 people, all for under two grand.
3: I guess it's it comes down to your values and what's your idea of money and, and where do you place that value? So for us, you know like you said, no one looked around at our wedding and went, oh, that was a cheap wedding. Like everyone just enjoyed the day. They thought it was amazing. We have had so many compliments and people give us feedback saying that it was truly the best day and the best wedding that they've been to. And the really beautiful thing was we had lots of friends who decided to gift us um, with the things that they do. So whether that was playing um, the music at our wedding, or we had people who gifted us photography or makeup and doing the flower arranging, and doing the setup of the wedding and just we have this incredible network of people who just came around us they wanted to celebrate with us and we just said hey if you want to contribute to it instead of just giving us money we'd love to utilize what you love to do and your passion as well so it was such a it was just this really beautiful thing where everyone came together and it was just amazing. Any regrets from your day? None whatsoever definitely not we loved every moment from the day I would not change it a thing about it. For a lot of women, the idea of
0: being the beautiful bride on your wedding day has been sold to you since you were a little girl. From wedding Barbie to the Polly Pocket wedding chapel set, marriage, we are led to believe, is women's business. So what if you weren't sold these messages growing up? If you were a boy, how different would your expectations be around the whole wedding thing? And what if marriage to you had only recently become an option? Kyron Wheatley and Reese Nicholson are a couple of men who are planning to stand in front of each other and say, I do. But they're finding people's expectations are sky high.
4: I think people are expecting that we are going to throw... Like, in fact, we said the other day, wouldn't it be hilarious if we had a tiny, shitty little wedding because everyone's expecting us to have such a gigantic affair that that would really turn the tables if we just rocked up to an RSL down yeah. Bolo and uh, just and put two hundred bucks on the bar. <laughs> and runs out within five minutes.
0: What were your thoughts about weddings when you were younger? Um,
1: to be honest, like up until I was about until we got together, it had never occurred to me. Like I was, in fact, one of those people that was very much like, "Oh, I don't want to get married. It doesn't really interest me very much." Just because I think it's just that I think a lot of gay people do that. You kind of
0: defense. It's not defense, it. for you. Yeah,
1: it's not for me. So. Yeah. So I don't need it. Whatever. Leave me alone. So I, it just never occurred to me until a couple of years ago. Whereas because I because I,
4: I, like women as well, I'm greedy like that. So when I was younger, oh, I just I thought that I would get married to a woman.
0: But so, Well, for you, Kyron, <laughs> then, mm. did you even... You assumed you would get married, but yeah. did you have visions about what a wedding would look like for you?
4: No, I just didn't know. I just didn't imagine... I just didn't imagine it at all. I didn't imagine, like, oh, I'm walking down the aisle and... You know, I'm crying as she turns around the corner and blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not imagining the suit. I don't know who's there. I don't know where we are. It's, not, not,
0: it's just not part of your narrative. I don't have
1: a pamphlet. which it's I not think a little exercise book, scrapbook full of stuff. No. Which is a very male thing, I think. The boy is not meant to think of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, it, it, not, I don't believe that, but it seems to be sold that way. That Because we haven't been sold the narrative mm. of weddings, I think that helps us.
0: That is one of the interesting things in this mm. is, is can you plan more rationally yeah, when yeah. it is not something that has been... Well, there's no expectations. Been, yeah.
1: There's no rules. This is the other confusing. I had this conversation with my mother the other day because I told her we're, we're starting the very, very preliminary kind of conversations about it and she went, oh. And, you know, there's all those traditions of... That was a very good impression of my mother, by the way. Um, oh! You, know, <laughs> uh, you know those uh, kind of traditions of, like, I forget what they are but the father the father the groom side pays for the booze or something and the bride side pays for thing and she kind of mm. genuinely said I don't really understand what the rules are here do we what do we pay for I'm not expecting them to pay for anything No neither was I, and that's what I said to it but yeah. like
0: Well that is one part of the tradition that you'll feel keenly you need to allow them to pay for some things yeah. yeah oh I definitely
1: like I'm sure that will definitely help so the fact that we are it's two boys or it's two girls all those are kind of out the window as well. There's all these very strange money-based rules that have been around for hundreds of years that no one knows. Is anyone giving us away? Yeah, there's all things like there's no flower girl, there's no, I'd imagine, like, we don't really have bridesmaids. Like, I'd imagine Mm. you would pick your female friend and I would pick my male friend. So there's also, like, it's all very new and confusing. Because traditional couples don't have
4: to do the traditional thing either.
0: No, that's right. They don't have to do who gives who away and have a flower girl. Yeah,
4: you have to wear white. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I think that a lot of secular couples, this is really cold and not romantic at all, a lot of secular couples still do a lot of religious things in their weddings. And I think we just have no interest in any of that.
1: So all the readings and the this and that and all the stuff goes we along with we were it. both raised in pretty secular houses as yeah. well. So we both, there isn't that, I feel like a lot of people do things because my grandmother wanted wants me to do this or, you know, because it'd be good for blah, blah, blah. Both of us come from pretty not religious background, so we're not doing anything for someone. Like, my mother, she, my mother got married in a church because her father wasn't well and wanted her to get married in a church, whereas mm. she is a severe atheist.
4: Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're doing two things, right? You're telling everyone that you're in love with each other and going to spend the rest of your life together and throwing a big party.
1: We had a friend's wedding that was $100,000. What? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, like like, most of our house. <laughs> Or like a, not most of it, like a large chunk of our house. Yeah, it's crazy amount of money, and they're
4: not together anymore. <laughs> it was eighteen months.
0: So you love an expensive wedding as a guest? Yes. You know that that is not on the cards for you. Yes. I'm going to count to three, and you are both going to say your estimated wedding <laughs> budget at the same time. And then One, we
1: will break up. Two,
0: three,
1: $35,000. Oh,
0: that is a lot of money, though. Yeah.
1: Is it rude to No, it's not rude to ask this is what the podcast how much was yours? Is that a rude question?
0: It is not a rude question, but you do not want my wedding. It oh. is a rude question. But I, want I think your that's marriage. what this
1: podcast is about.
0: This <laughs> podcast is all about rude questions and that's a great question. I haven't added it up exactly, but it was definitely under 5 grand. Wow. But
1: you're not gay.
0: I <laughs> Well, let's talk about it. No, we had, we were very no-frills. We'd basically told our siblings not even to come for it. It was a very small room at a registry office, and then we sprung right. for a really big lunch. That is where the cost was. Yes. My dress was off the rack, bought the week before. Vintage suit on Wade. It was cheap. Yeah. Not everyone wants that, so, don't, so disregard that as a suggested budget. It doesn't work for everyone.
1: I'm also happy to put most money down on a bar in a nice venue and... Not Like, it's all the kind of fringe things that end up costing all the yeah. money. That's what I, it seems like to me. See, I reckon you save money. Like, the other day I had an idea. Instead
4: of getting a wedding cake, get um, a cake that says, Happy 53rd birthday, Greg. And... Um,
0: <laughs> and Pro- promise me you'll do that. <laughs> and
4: yeah. then every, every like, wedding or cake maker is going to be like, yeah, sure, 50 bucks. <laughs> Instead of how much they charge for an actual wedding cake. And we can just surround that cake with bottles of wine that we bought with the money we saved, So, 35 grand on the bar.
1: (laughs) But this is the other thing. Yeah, like 35 is such a made up number. It could be 20, it could be four, it could be 10. I just hope that we can kind of call in favours from friends and stuff. Mm. And like. Also, we don't have 30 grand. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) So, what have we learned? Alicia McCormack wants you to remember these five things. One, be really clear about
2: your budget, about how you're going to allocate it, where you're going to allocate it before you spend any money, and that includes creating a contingency. Have 10% extra. Number two is ditching the tat, and that's all the extra stuff that you don't need, like favours, gifts. We over-gift. Everyone thinks we have to gift people, thank you for being my bridesmaid, will you be my bridesmaid? Just stop it. Everyone stop. And that means things like getting ready robes, signs, you don't need all that stuff. No one cares. Three, DIY isn't always cheaper, especially when you end up buying all the stuff to DIY when you could just buy it off Etsy. Help someone else run a small business. Number four is using your network to find suppliers and deals, but also be mindful of using friends as vendors. And if you do, be clear about your communication. Make sure you, uh, they know what they're doing. If there's money being handed over, make sure you have a contract. Yeah, because you never know. You don't want them letting you down and then relationships are destroyed. Tip five. Perfection doesn't exist. The best day of your life. I really hope everyone listening doesn't sort of rely on this one day to be the best day of their life. I really hope that we have 50 million other best days of our lives. It's going to be a really great day, but don't put the pressure on yourself and the expectations to have a perfection day or the best day because it's just rubbish.
0: Yeah, we know how badly that turns out with New Year's Eve every year. Oy vey. If you've got a friend getting married this weekend, give them the gift that keeps giving and just subscribe them to The Pineapple Project. It will be the most valuable gift they get and they'll wish they heard this episode a bit sooner. Go to where you get your podcasts or head to the ABC Listen app. I'm Claire Hooper and I'm available to MC your wedding. Next episode. Imagine knowing there was a huge pot of money just waiting for you and at the end of your working life, you get to cash it in. Wouldn't you want that pot to be the fattest, the heaviest, the lushest pot on the planet? That's superannuation. We kind of live in this world of YOLO where we only care about the moment now and we don't really care about what's going to happen in 40 years' time. It's independence.
3: It's knowing that I don't have to rely on others.
0: Your own pot exists... You might not know how big it is right now, but you are gonna learn how to grow it. You're gonna transfer that pot to a sunny position, you're gonna fertilise the shit out of it, and you're gonna kick the secateurs out of the hands of anyone that tries to prune it. It is so unfair, and why aren't women marching in the streets? You're gonna grow it so hard that Gardening Australia will be coming to you for propagation tips. I'm getting off track, superannuation. It's not the most sexiest, thing to sell. I mean, I once also had to sell thrush cream, so you know, like, there are things that are worse. That's next on The Pineapple Project. Do not miss it. Do not miss it. Roll the credits. This show was mixed by John Jacobs. Oh,
4: I'd go straight for the wheat picks.
0: Consulting producer Emily Stewart. A 6.30 start? I'd be married by seven and in the office by eight. Produced by Rachel Fountain. 6.30 a.m.? Are they serving Bloody Marys? I'm in. Executive producer is Monique Bolley. Cocoa Pops and Cake. (laughs) I do. Manager of ABC Audio Studios is Kelly Reardon. This is a production of ABC's Audio Studios. Hello, Kel Wilson here. Live Comedy is back. And so is the only podcast devoted to the best in Australian and New Zealand stand-up. ABC Comedy Presents. You can hear seven new full-length shows from Felicity Ward, David Quirk, Ivana Ristagueta, Jude Pearl, Claire Hooper and me for free right now. ABC Comedy Presents. Get it now on the ABC Listen app.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.